Hello again and welcome back to the Fear and Beer podcast where we talk all things horror, horror nights, and just a dash of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. All right, guys, welcome. So if you have been on any of our socials in the past week or so, we've been teasing this for a while, and the time has finally come. We've teamed up with those guys over at HHN365. We decided to do this week as kind of a little co op slash fantasy, create your own, you know, however you want to put it. We decided that would be kind of cool during this offseason to create our own icons. So with that, we decided we can pick and choose something of past HHN folklore or anything like that and kind of create an icon that maybe was a character, maybe wasn't, and center it around possibly um, a past house scare zone, anything like that. And the fun part about this was none of us know what the other ones are. And on top of that, we also got images done up of our icons. So... For this episode, we are going to reveal those icons one at a time to to everyone. We're in a large group on this end. So uh, if you have not listened to us before, we are Fear and Beer, and this is Nick. And this is Seamus. And we talk all things horror, horror nights, and just a dash of beer. I currently do not have a beer tonight. Do you have one, Seamus? I am drinking a beer. I won't spend too much time on it. I know that this is a special episode, so we're going to do things a little bit different, but I'm drinking what's called Super Fractal Dank Set. Uh, it's from a beer a brewery up in New York called Equilibrium. Uh, won't spend a ton of time talking about it, but uh, it's really good. It's triple IPA. Um, it has nothing to do with Halloween or Horror Nights or anything that sort of thing, but hey, if you find, equi- equal, uh, if you find Equilibrium uh, in any of your uh, local shops, I recommend checking them out. Nice, nice. Well, let's uh, let's not hesitate to jump right in. So let's um, HHN three six five. Why don't you guys uh, give us a little intro on you guys, your end? Yeah, well, thanks for having us, guys. Uh, this is Mike. I, I am one of the co-hosts of HHN three sixty five. Then we also have Duff. How's it going, Duff? Hey, uh, I'd like to trade beers with Seamus. Uh, I'm in a hotel, <laughs> and I didn't think ahead, so I went to Walgreens and got a Modelo. If you're drinking in equilibrium and I have a Modelo, I've I've underwhelmed. <laughs> I am drinking uh, um, Hidden Springs Ale Works. I am the Walrus, a Berliner Weiss uh, with plum and bourbon uh, soaked oak chips. It is nice. uh, very delicious. I might actually have to go grab a beer now that everybody else has one. <laughs> See, they are prepared. They were prepared for our episode. We weren't even prepared. Mm-hmm. You weren't prepared right. at all, dude. What's going on, That's man? That's right. <laughs> well, I got I got a little assistant over my house tonight, so I'm going to have my girlfriend go grab me a beer real quick. <laughs> oh yeah. Even I'm having a beer tonight. Oh, what do you got? What do you? Oh, what do you got, Nico? Just a simple Lenin Kugel's uh, summer shandy. Uh, oh, from nice. The holding season. one out. Yeah. yeah. Hey, nothing simple about Lenin Kugel's. Good, good stuff. I always seem to do that too when I have a, a fan favorite out. I kind of stock up and just kind of hold a couple on the back burner just uh, for the off season. Yeah, I'm waiting for the cranberry uh, ginger to show up. Ooh, so. uh, it's always a fan favorite as well. Ooh, speaking of fan favorites, I just got handed a cold shipyard pumpkin head. Ooh, there you go. Which 
Mm-hmm. That's got plenty on tap <laughs> for the uh, fear beer audience. We we know how much Nick likes uh, Pumpkinhead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, just as good as ever. It's yep. an HHN stumple. Uh, I was, was going to say that is a classic HHN beer you got right there. Yeah, so it, <laughs> it seems pretty fitting, I think. All right, so friction. I guess can we, we just talk it. about beer for the next twenty and thirty <laughs> yeah, minutes? Right. Well, how do you think we fill out? How do you think we fill up an hour episode? We talk about <laughs> beer for forty-five minutes. Yeah, and I'm like, why oh, do yeah, we there's a Mike? Right. <laughs> All right. So I guess we should um, dive right in. Before that, I guess we should preface this that this is a two-part episode. So part one that you're hearing right now is going to be on our page, the Fear and Beer page, and then when we cut it, we are going to let you know when it ends and we're going to direct you over to the HHN three, six, five page. And that's where you can listen to part two of this special co-op collab episode, what we got going on. So I guess we should uh, dive right into some of these, you know, possibly maybe they'll use them. <laughs> yeah. yeah we do, can we just uh, talk about how fun this actually turned out to be? Like I yeah. really enjoyed uh, doing this. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I spent a, a good amount of time writing up like a little story. I felt like back in the day, me and Seamus talked about it before we used to do a haunted walk and we'd come up with backstories for characters there. And this kind of felt like old times where I was kind of like really getting into it. And it was, it was fun. It was like playing with somebody else's toys. Cause I got to use, you know, a basis from Horror Nights and mm-hmm. crafted a little bit more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really like we've done somewhat similar, but we've done much lower level where it's kind of like we create it and we're like, this is what it is. Okay. This time I got to go into it and be like, here's the story behind everything. And it, it was a blast. Yeah. And what's even cooler is um, what we did was we did like a physical description and we sent those over to a very special helper, my mother. <laughs> and she actually drew up pictures of each person's icon so if you don't fully get it from our descriptions we will be posting these images on our socials so you can kind of see it firsthand as we are and the cool part like i said we haven't revealed our icons to one another so while we're doing this live after we drop the information about our icon we are in our chat going to drop the images to one another so we can kind of live react so as you hear this, we are going to be seeing it for the first time as well. Yeah, shout out to Cheryl. Thanks, Cheryl. Yeah, good old Cheryl. All right, so I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll dive in at this point. So why don't I, I'll kick it off and I'll go through my icon. So my icon, I actually drew, wrote up a big story, but it does revolve around one of my personal favorite scare zones which was the 2016 scare zone of the year dead man's wharf oh yeah oh. yeah so i went very nautical so i actually went and found a picture of the sign that was posted at that scare zone and it gave like a little brief story about a man named arthur wilson so my story goes as this and it kind of intertwines with what it said on that uh posting there so it starts off on October 30th, 1931, Arthur Wilson captained the Annabelle Lee in its last voyage. The boat and crew disappeared in a stormy fog, never to be seen again. And that's all the info they kind of gave you. This is where I kind of chimed in and was like, wait, I think there could be some more to this story. So the town thought a search and rescue was useless at this point, And the seas have claimed another set of souls. 
Arthur, however, was clinging to life on nothing but a piece of plank wood floating in the dark abyss of the unknown. Just a day prior, his boat was struck by lightning, set ablaze, and scattered his crew. And as the tide swayed and fortune would have it, Arthur Wilson woke on an all-too-familiar dock, unknowing of how long it had actually been. He was brought back, whether it be by fate, good luck, or pure circumstance, to the dead man's wharf. After the finding the town seemingly abandoned, it became clear that he is not in the same world that he once knew. The times have changed, but Arthur the fisherman, Wilson, did not. The urge to eat, sleep, drink no longer encumbered this old vessel, and he spent his days tending the docks and working the lighthouse as if nothing had changed, because his new, he knew his crew was out there somewhere. As the years passed, this long-forgotten nautical town became, began gaining folklore legend and became almost a destination among the fans of the macabre. Once these hallowed grounds began gaining souls again, Arthur took it as a disrespectful act, celebrating the lost souls at sea. And as the morning of October 31st rolled around, the sun rose on an anniversary of the terrible day. Crowds began to flock to this one silent town, and red skies were shining. Arthur knew, as any good sailor did, this did not bode well. Winds began to whirl, the gulls began to squawk, and thunder began to roll. The sounds were all too familiar to Arthur, and this time the storm that years ago separated his crew returned to them. One by one, they were spat out of the ocean onto the shores and the docks. The sailors that were once human and had been overtaken by life of the sea, scars, barnacles, gills were now all scattered among their bodies, but they were now back home. As visitors tried to flee this once empty town, the storm seemingly has trapped them. Roads so flooded, a ship itself wouldn't dare test it. And the disrespectful transients were trapped in their own abyss with Arthur and his reunited undead mariners who must sacrifice souls to the sea. Now, what happened next is an unfortunate cycle of misery. This ghost docked town having so much mystery revolving around it, the foot traffic never stopped. Some have come and gone. Some have claimed to have seen Arthur working the docks at night whistling his favorite sailor tunes, but none of them have ever seen the red skies on Halloween and been able to talk about it again. So that is my icon, the fisherman. And I'm going to drop that image into the chat right now. Let's see, uploading here. There I kind of described him as an old sea veteran with time on the seas. He has, you know, very coarse wire, like scraggly beard, roughed up skin from the salt on the ocean. And he has a scar over his eyes from an old boating accident. He's got these dressed, he's dressed in fisherman clothes that he found on the dock the day he was brought back to shore. I love this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I like the best about this? This looks like a character that I could actually play in maybe like 10, <laughs> 10, 10 years. Like, this is like written for me. Like I could pull this off, I think. Yeah, I, love, I, I mean, yeah. we've talked about it in the past where I kind of grew up in Massachusetts and spent a lot of time in Maine. So I loved the whole nautical sense. And I think that the character itself could be kind of crafted and, and brought back and almost turned into, you know, you have you know, the caretaker, the usher, you know, you have those as icons. So I just went, went classing and did, did the fisherman. He looks it's, like he wants to sell you some bad fish sticks. Yeah. <laughs> like, like some evil those, fish sticks. Yeah. He's got he's that got Gordon creepy, fisherman vibe. <laughs> yeah. He's got like those Eugene Levy eyebrows. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like he has kind of a lazy eye thing going on. I, I like yeah, it. Yeah. I wanted like a really dead scarred eye, almost like a dead white out eye. So not only does he look great, but I love how you completely tied the backstory, uh, not only into an existing uh, HHN property, but like you took a small piece of it and expanded on it. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Like I said, I had a lot of fun with that. And it was, like I said, I think it was because I had that attachment to that scare zone in the beginning. And I was like, this is cool, but like, it feels like it's missing that like centerpiece. Like it's just kind of, Arthur Wilson was a name that was just kind of almost forgotten. And it was just a very small, subtle thing put on there. And then to expand on it was just, I, I think that's a, um, maybe something in the future that could be really cool. I'd be excited to see that for sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, so anyone listening, pick this up. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Do you think sure. we'll ever see us a sequel to Dead Man's Wharf uh, in the future? I think we can probably see, see something pulled off eventually. Yeah, I could see I, that. I don't know I if, they, so if we get a direct one or more like one of the, you know, spiritual successors that they do a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of like loosely ties in, but like mm-hmm. the, the people will know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I mean, if they kind of took the direction you went, that'd be great too. Cause it sounds like there is a story that hasn't been fully told. So go for it. HHN. Yeah. yeah let's, let's see it. Come on. We got to have some reach out there. Someone's got to be listening. Like, <laughs> Oh, you know what? In five years, these guys are going to forget. They talked about this and we're going to sneak that right out. <laughs> oh, come on. They'll do it next year. They don't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. No shame. <laughs> But so that was mine. So the fisherman, so to speak, I guess is off the board. Um, yeah. But so I guess what we'll do now is, um, Nico, do you want to go through your icon? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and do that. Um, I think y'all already got a sneak preview of that one. Uh, so, uh, my icon, basically. So I'm pretty new to Halloween Horror Night, so I didn't really play off of anything that like any like subtle thing or anything like that, that like a a major HHN fan would do that. I just thought of something cool that I thought I would like that would also play into uh, how IP heavy it gets. And uh, it is the static King, Uh, basically a, uh, uh, so this uh, young child uh, grew up in front of the television like he didn't really have a good upbringing through there. So he um, uh, grew up with, you know, he grew up with cheers and like he, he thought he was part of the bar with, you know, Sam and Norm and all the guys there. And uh, he just like he loved television to death. And uh, he uh, was a repairman uh, at a television store uh and he would talk in nothing but television quotes. So like, and he would like mention like TV shows that nobody watched or anything like that. Like, uh, he would like watch uh, models Inc and nobody would, uh, even know what he's talking about. Cause like all this guy did was watch television. Uh, so he started to go a little crazy from, uh, the fumes from the repair shop that he ran through there. And, uh, he wanted to become part of the television himself. So he, uh, fashioned a way to have a giant television set placed upon his head. Uh, so he could be part of the television shows he enjoyed. 
and then uh, due to some haywire incidents and some bad soldering, he uh, ended up uh, having the television permanently stuck on his head and having nothing but a static screen uh, as his face. But uh, you can see uh, like a jack-o'-lantern style face uh, through the screen if you look closely enough through the static. And uh, he lures people in with his static uh, to uh, make it, force him to uh, watch the television shows that uh, he wrote, like uh, terrible uh, pilots to shows no one would ever watch, and uh, bad fan ran episodes of like Star Trek TNG and uh, other things of that nature. So this would be for like a, an HHN year that would be like nothing but television properties, which I believe I'm double dipping into content I already made. Uh, when we did an HHN draft over this summer, so, uh, but I thought it was a good enough idea that I uh, should keep it around. So if y'all look in the chat, y'all can see uh, the Static King. Nice, that's all. I love it. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, was there not? Was there like a scare zone years past where it was like all black and white, and it was kind of like, no, like it wasn't TV, but it was, it felt like sitcommy almost. I think you're right. I, I can't recall what it was called, but I yeah. do recall there was like a, a, a scare zone that was kind of like, um, like a like a fifties like sitcommy type. Yeah, and like all they had all the characters. I if I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong, but like I think it was they were all done up almost like in black and white, like even with makeup. That's a pretty cool like because that could that's a pretty close tie in where it looks very. That's why I got that reminiscent feeling from that. Hmm. Well, Duff, are we know. going crazy? Do you remember what scare zone we're talking about? Because I remember it too. Uh, yes, that. But there's also one I don't fully remember, like that I think you're talking about. I do know at HHN 25 they had like the horror icons. Uh, the older ones were all black and white, and the newer ones uh, were not. Um, so that's kind of like that. Um, but I feel like there was another one that was like more, yeah, like you say, sitcommy. Um, but I can't off the top of my head think of what it is. Yeah, I just know I, I know it rang some sort of bell, and it was kind of like just those words here and that. I was like, I think there was something I might have heard it in before, but if not, we're on to something again. Yeah, yeah, there we go. You never know. I, I this is completely out of left field, but I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a nerd and I read quite a bit of um graphic novels and comics. And there is a comic series that I've been reading called Saga, and there are people in this people aliens in this world that are like anthropomorphic tv sets so like it's, it looks very much like the drawing so like the, TV, like the tv is their is their head and they have human bodies and they like yeah it's really weird it's a weird weird comic series but uh it's kind of what it reminds me of it's like opposite teletubbies instead of the television being on their tummy it's it, it's on their head through there i love but, it i think I, I like because like mine's more of like the you know just like a, a person figure whereas yours is like I, there's so many different ways that they could go about using the different components to it it's great yeah i uh i i thought this up really well and uh uh i was really shooting my shot for uh ip uh for our hhn draft and ended up losing terribly <laughs> <That's all laughs> You, you My favorite part of this, Nico, is when you said that he only talks in television quotes, 
which yeah. I have to feel that that's kind of like an autobiographical. If you know Nico, like, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, but instead of just television quotes, you would just do just the Simpsons quotes. Oh, yeah. You, you, basically, <laughs> yeah, Star Trek quotes. everything yeah. that comes out of Nico's mouth is probably a Simpsons quote. <laughs> so I got to ask, he's holding a remote. Is that a weapon of a sort? Uh, it's yes. Uh, so it is a, a glowing remote where he can, you know, uh, point it at people and uh, make them under their control or like mute them or things Ooh. like that. It, he doesn't have full like click powers because, you know. <laughs> No he one took the to words out that. of my mouth. <laughs> I was gonna, I was yeah. No, he doesn't have like fast forward and stuff like that, but he can uh he can like raise the volume so much where uh like they'll their ears will start to like pierce and they'll put their hands over their heads and eventually their heads will explode like they do in scanners. <laughs> is there a sap function awesome. that you can make and just like speak in Spanish? Oh, that's a oh, deep cut. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> a sap function. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, where you have to use it to watch the English version of Orlando City games. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like you said before, though, you did you did use this on our draft, but it yes. was very basic. Uh, you know, because you're just quickly kind of going through what they were. Uh, so it was really cool to get a full backstory and now actually see him, like how you envisioned him. Yeah, embrace the static king. I say. So, are his antennas like hair? Or are they just like kind of antennas? Uh, they're just kind of antennas. And I was hoping that if this thing ever happens, uh, they could be able to figure out a way to have like a thin piece of wire between the two of them. So it creates like uh, like static between the two antenna oh. tops. Oh. oh, that'd be cool. Like a, almost like a Tesla coil. Yeah, like a Tesla <laughs> coil. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, and I just have some like good ideas for that. And if I don't know if it's clear to see, he has like a little like repairman uh overalls like he's, he's got like some ripped dickies on there so uh that kind of oh. adds to his uh hmm. blue collar upbringing that would be a great house too burn down the back lot again like in 2008 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it would happen in hollywood that sounds dangerous so like you've created an icon and now you're also like basically putting click as the next HHN IP. So this is fantastic. <laughs> oh God. An Adam Sandler only HHN. Oh, could you, uh, Can you imagine? One house is you actually just have to watch grownups too. <laughs> if we run low on content Duff, we need to do a, a Hoobie Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> a drunk watch of Hoobie Halloween. Oh God. <laughs> so I can I can just imagine the auditions for there of like just a bunch of uh young guys going shabadoo, shabadoo like <laughs> practicing saying shabadoo a bunch outside. That's all it is for scares. <laughs> yeah. uh, Adam oh, Sandler's but... a real nice guy though. He 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 is. He is, we he is a nice make guy. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I loaded uh, him onto an elevator at Tower of Terror. Uh he when was, I worked there. Yeah. I uh, uh, loaded him. Awesome. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing about him is he always dresses like in like when he's in public just like an absolute slob just like i love it just <laughs> owns kind of it. dresses like this guy that nico made yeah Look at that. yeah kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tattered pants and everything all right so i think this will be a good jumping off point we got kind of the basis of what we're going to be doing for this episode and we got two icons down so at this point i think that we should probably 
snippet, and then we're going to have you guys jump on over to the HHN365 feed, and that's where you're going to listen to part two of our collab icon episode, and you're going to hear the final three reveals as to what those icons are going to be. But I, this is going going good so far. I love yeah, it. It's going to be hard to beat, guys. I don't know. I think uh, I'm excited. It's a good start no matter what we do. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all right. If, if we finish week, it's on our channel. We, we're used to yeah. that. It's okay. <laughs> oh, you can blame me <laughs> on the weaker half. <laughs> Finishing week. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I see. So, Nick, right. you want to give our uh, Fear and Beer audience a little bit of a snippet of what we're going to be working on next week? Next week? Oh, yes. I would love to. So, um, as you know, on the first of every month, me and Seamus dive in to do killer reviews. Now, we only really had a little bit to choose from for our past month because we did Thanks Killing. Oh, a little bit to pick from? I mean, yeah. Thanks Killing. Please go watch, listen to that episode. I mean, it's it's just... That is like a masterpiece of filmmaking. But with December rolling around their corner, we have a surplus of horror-themed Christmas movies to choose from. So what we're going to be doing next week is we are going to be going through a long laundry list of potential suitors for killer reviews, whether it be Jack Frost, The Ginger Dead Man, Silent Night, Deadly Night. We're going to go through all these. We're going to watch the trailers. We're going to live react and then throw the course of the week we're going to let you guys decide what we are going to be doing for killer reviews so that's next week for for our end sounds great i can't wait to hear which, that which jack frost are you talking about like the the michael keen snow because that one's still pretty darn scary to me <laughs> that one, that <laughs> they're both up for, they're both up for debate yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll throw them both in the ring that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right but there, there's a surprisingly time. number oh sorry i don't want to cut you off but there's a surprisingly large number of like horror themed like halloween like there's a lot christmas movies oh like, there's a ton it's it's amazing how many there are and we were definitely going to try and do one of the more deeper cuts like krampus is great but i think we've kind of found our calling with picking those really obscure oh i want to yeah i want like a c movie i don't even want a b movie yeah. i want a c movie let's yeah. do it Oh well, we Santa got Claus that last versus week. The Martians. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw one that's uh, Santa Jaws. It's like a shark. <laughs> so that one might be in the Ooh. the contenders, the uh, contender pool. Uh, I vote for that one already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. All right, guys. Well, until next time, this is Nick, and this is Seamus. Happy haunts. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check him out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.